morning and welcome to this 40th anniversary celebration. I'm glad you've come to be a part of this day. It's always a joy to be in the house of the Lord, and it is even better to be in the house of the Lord to celebrate on days like today. I'm grateful for the time we spent last night together, and I'm thankful for those who came to be a part of that, and I'm glad that you've come today, and we do hope that you will stay for lunch following our morning service. The announcements for the week are listed on the back of the bulletin. I'm not going to take time to go over those. Uh, You can see those, but I do have one that was handed to me with a plea this morning that I want to I want to announce this. Mary Fisher, Madeline Jackson, and Madison Holte would like to invite the church family to the Atlee Marching Raiders band performance on Tuesday night, October the 17th at 7.30. The girls are in the color guard, and the band will present their show, Heroes Fallen, Never Forgotten, to honor veteran and current military, police, fire, EMS, and all emergency personnel. This amazing show will be for all the community to see, and the girls hope to see you there. So I just wanted to pass that along to you this morning. That is on Tuesday night, October the 17th at 7.30 at Atlee High School. Again, welcome. I'm glad you've come to make this service a part of your day as we celebrate 40 years of serving the Lord here at Mechanicsville Baptist Church. This is God's church, filled with His redeemed. This is God's church. 
should we celebrate? Thanksgiving, joy, hope. Throughout the Bible, the Lord reminds his people to tell all generations of their Lord's wonderful works. Part of what that means for us as a church is that we must preserve the memory of how God has worked in our lives. A church that has a strong sense of its history will have a better sense of identity to build on for the future. Periodically, each congregation should take a look back to rediscover how that church came into being, what its early ministry was like, and how it has grown and changed over the years. Such a celebration gives individual members an opportunity to join together in focusing on the church as a body of believers who have been blessed by the Lord. It can also be a wonderful time to benefit from the gifts of the people. It's an occasion for church members of all ages to tell and hear stories of the past and present days of the church. Members joyfully celebrate God's faithfulness to our church and together step forward in faith. For 40 years, God's word has been proclaimed in this place. Countless children, parents, and grandparents have been adopted into the family of Mechanicsville Baptist Church. So many prayers of supplication, thanksgiving, and praise have been offered and answered in this place. Generations of witnesses in obedience to God have gone out from Mechanicsville Baptist Church to spread the gospel in this community and throughout the world. So, with thanksgiving for the past, with joy in the present, and with hope for the future, we celebrate our 40th anniversary.
Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we come to you this day as grateful people. We are thankful that all of life is grace because of the name of Jesus. God, we thank you for the goodness that you have shown us. We thank you for your mercy and for your forgiveness. God, we thank you that you have worked in the lives of this congregation for these 40 years. We trust you, and we know that you are going to be faithful to the congregation from this day forward as we celebrate together Jesus Christ. God, we thank you that you are good and that your mercy and your mercies are shown new each and every day. May you be with this service, and may our hearts and our spirits and our lives and our minds be um, just shown you the glory uh, that you deserve, Jesus. We give you this service this day in Jesus' name. Amen. This is truly the day that the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. I invite you to take your hymnals and turn to our hymn of thanksgiving, hymn number 579, He Has Made Me Glad. Let's stand together as we sing our hymn of thanksgiving. I will God is good. All the time. All the time. God is good. Before we begin our recognition, I just wanted to say on behalf of the anniversary team that we wanted to mention that we inadvertently omitted Reverend Ed Shattuck's name from the list of staff in the anniversary folders. Some years after the merger, Reverend Shattuck came to serve as Minister of Visitation here at Mechanicsville Baptist but he was not a stranger to many at our church. Reverend Shattuck had been the pastor at Venable from 1952 to 1970, and he was most beloved by both congregations. As we on the anniversary team poured over pictures and talked about the history of our church, I over and over again thought about what a miracle God had performed when he brought together our two churches 40 years ago. Venable, with their 100-plus years, was at a crossroads. To purchase land and move was just too costly. West Hill, in their less than 20 years, was beginning to search again for a pastor and a music minister. Two completely separate churches that seemed to have very little in common were brought together 
in such a way that only God could have been the architect. How exciting it must have been, it was, to be a witness and participant during that time of merger. Let's see how many of you here may have been here during that time. Would all former Venable Baptist Church members that were here at the time of the merger please stand? That's great. Thank you. Would all former West Hill Baptist Church members that were here at the time of the merger please stand? All right, we want to recognize our first staff in 1977 here at Mechanicsville Baptist Church. And I am pleased to announce all four are in attendance this morning. Don Stewart, our senior pastor, if you would please stand. Charles Morrison, our associate pastor. Brenda Brown, our minister of music. Peggy Hildreth, our organist. Thank you. Um, others present with us this morning are Shirley Massey, Minister of Education. Please stand. Her husband, Woody Massey who served as both our associate pastor and our youth minister. John Bryant, who served as our minister of education. And Diane Stewart, who served as our youth minister. Please stand. Thank you. Jennifer Turner, who also served as our youth minister. Tori Kennedy, who served as our crosswalk director. Martha Loving, who served as our financial secretary. I think that's all that's present. We did put in the folder a list of all the staff. So um, I just want to say God has truly blessed us with such a great staff over the life of our church here at Mechanicsville Baptist Church. Thank you.
The handbells played it beautifully a little earlier in the service. Now we're going to sing our hymn of joy. Please take your hymnals again and turn to hymn number 13, hymn of joy. We will sing just the first and second stanzas of this beautiful song. Please stand. take your hymnal in hand or keep it in hand and turn to page 99 for the responsive reading, God's Amazing Love. You will read the bold print. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will have the power to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. For the Lord loves justice and will not abandon his faithful ones. They are kept safe forever. His faithfulness endures through all generations. Give Give thanks thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Don't put your hymnals down yet. We're now going to sing our hymn of hope. We've done Thanksgiving and joy. This is hope for the future. It's hymn number 122, O God, Our Help in Ages Past. We're going to sing the first, third, and sixth verse of this hymn. 122, please stand as we sing. For the 
and remain standing for our offertory. May we pray. Heavenly Father, Creator, Redeemer, Sustainer, the giver of all wisdom, love, and grace. For 40 years, we have gathered in this place to share what we are and have. You are an abundant God and have given us so much. Help us to continue the sharing of our time, talents, and resources. We give you this offering that it may be used to spread thy kingdom and glory. May it be a blessing to many. For it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.
You may be seated. I have portions of two letters I would like to share with you this morning. The first is from Steve Osbrook, recently retired as the Executive Director, Director of Missions of the Dover Association. I won't take time to read the letters in their entirety, but only uh, a summation. Uh, But these letters will be posted on the bulletin board for you to look at uh, later if you would like to read them. Steve concludes his letter by saying, God bless you as you celebrate this church birthday. The church has already done great things, and at 40 is still young. May you and the church keep going, growing, and building its legacy of ministry and missions until Christ returns. Over all the years to come, may the legacy that you celebrate today still be seen in the prayers, faith, and work of Mechanicsville Baptist, who, like you, proclaim Jesus Christ is Lord. A fellow servant in Christ, Steve Osbrook. And then greetings from John Upton, Executive Director of the Baptist General Association of Virginia. My prayers are with you as you take this important time to remember and reflect on all the blessings God has given you. My prayers are also with you as you move into this next 40-year chapter of your life. Thank you for letting the BGAV be a kingdom partner in reaching this world for Jesus Christ. I look forward to seeing all the new things God will do through you in this next chapter. Grace to you and peace, John V. Upton, Jr. So we uh, take these greetings and with thanksgiving and are glad that we are able as a church to partner with the Dover Baptist Association as well as the Baptist General Association of Virginia.
Our scripture readings this morning are found in the 100th Psalm and Romans 15, 13. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people, and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him, and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. And then Romans chapter 15, verse 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The anniversary team and myself are just thrilled that we are able to have Reverend Charles Morrison with us this morning to uh, present our message And personally, I am uh, delighted to be able to tell you a little bit about Charles. Uh, Charles and I worked together many, many years ago, and (laughs) when we were much, much younger. But it was always a joy, Charles, and I have really wonderful memories of those years that we worked together. But let me just tell you a little bit about him, because uh, you didn't have the privilege of uh, working with him when we first merged. Charles graduated from Gardner-Webb College and from Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. In 1975, he was called as associate pastor at West Hill Baptist Church. In 1977, when we merged Venable and West Hill, uh, he remained as associate pastor um, until he was called to Fairmount Baptist Church as their senior pastor in 1979. In 1982, Charles and his wife Kay were appointed by the International Mission Board to West Africa, where they served for 25 years. In 2010, they retired with the International Mission Board. Since then, he has uh, served an interim, and from 2014 to the present, Charles has been serving as a deacon and a leading, and leading Bible studies for college students at Bowie's Creek First Baptist Church, located adjacent to Campbell University. Uh, Charles and Kay are parents to five children. They are grandparents to five grandchildren, five girls and a boy. Is that Huh? Four girls and a boy. I can't add this morning. (laughs) But anyway, it is wonderful to be a grandparent and enjoy those wonderful children. Charles, it is our pleasure to have you here this morning. Please come and share with us what the Lord has put on your heart today. There's a lot of, <clears throat> excuse me, there's a lot on my heart. 
And I think that there's still some dust from West Africa because I always have to have a little water. <laughs> Sometimes that stuff was so thick, you could never wash it all off. It's so wonderful uh, to be with you today. I'm very emotionally filled. I just wish you could have heard all I've been saying while I've been sitting there about you and this church. I'm so glad today to have some friends and family from Fairmount Memorial Baptist. They mean so much to me like this church. You mean so much to me. God has used you through these 40 years as instruments of his grace to mold and shape my life. And our Lord has been so wonderful. I stand in awe of these former staff members, your present staff members, how they're being used of God to mold and shape you in this ministry and this body of believers in the day in which we live. What a great need we have to reach a lost world. I don't know how many missionaries are here this morning besides all of us who are missionaries in, in one sense or another, but Mark and Pam Grumbles, who are a part of Fairmount Memorial in many different ways in the, those early years I was there. I knew Mark and Pam before they were married, and uh, they disappeared for a lot of years and realized they were on the mission field, and I, I didn't know what they were up to, but no, I did. And they're, they're so great. We were at Ridge, Ridgecrest for a Maritime weekend a few weeks ago, and that host of over 1,200 servants of God who had given their lives, and some of them in very difficult places, and under stresses and strains that few of us could understand that they remain faithful. And to look on that host of over 25,000 years of service combined in one place, you are back there, <laughs> how that humbled me, and I'm humbled again this morning by how God has used you in this church, this, this body of believers that started out with so a certain number 40 years ago and some have gone on to be with the Lord and oh how much I wish this morning that I could see and hug some of those people who who hugged me in so many different ways through the years I was starting to call the police earlier because Woody and Shirley Massey were disturbing the peace on that <laughs> pew there I only wish I could have been here as a regular church member when they were on staff. And uh, they, they were so special. And like all these others, many of you, I don't know. I just picked them out because we were talking a little bit last night. Thank you for loving Kay and me and our children when we were here. And God used you to move us forward and his plans for our lives. And at Fairmount, we get to Fairmount one month after we got there, they had a world missions conference. 
Who does that? They did. And Stanley Howard from Japan came up to me and said, Charles. I said, yes, sir. I'm still a young 31-year-old. It was my birthday when I started at that church, 31 years old. He said, Charles, will you pray about missions? I said, I just got here. (laughs) He said, well, I know you just got here, but will you pray about missions? I said, well, I'll pray about it, but I can't guarantee you anything. He scared me to death. I, I just I couldn't handle it. He said, well, you don't have to, you, just pray about it. I said, okay, I'll pray about it. And then three years later, we were off to France, then off, off to West Africa. And seven years ago, we came back and we were retiring. How time flies when you're having fun. And now I'm 28 pounds heavier than I was seven years ago. And most of all, I'm standing here so honored. And to see that God is still moving and he still has purpose for you and me, wherever we are. And he's using these former staff individuals in the places where they now live. And we're the body of Christ. And all of this is really not about us, leadership. It's about him who died on a cruel, rugged cross. And now because you have given and because you have prayed and because you have loved us to the point that God has used many of us and you through these years that thousands upon thousands and millions upon millions have come to know the love of Christ because you have been found faithful. And children, if you're in here, I see a few It wasn't but 60 years ago that I was a nine-year-old sitting in my home church and I heard the story of Jesus over and over again and I gave my heart to him. And because he loved me so much, I've given my life to him who died for me. Could the gospel be more clearly said? than that, and that's what so many of you have done through these years. I love you, and Jesus loves you. There was probably a lot more I'd like to say, but I need to stop there and get on with the message. Actually, this doesn't mean a thing. It's just my my wrist itches. And somebody will flag me down when I get to about, good grief, five till. I've got to move so quickly. If you have your Bibles, would you please turn in uh, with me to the book of John chapter 15. I have prayed over this message. I've asked God to help me say just what I need to say and not anything more. I've always wanted to obey him perfectly. I've just struggled with it. (laughs) 
I loved working with Don Stewart and Reverend Paul Logan. Both of these men were my mentors at different times in those early years right after seminary. And they were both special in different ways. And I honor them this morning. I'm so glad, Don, that you're with us. Both of these men were used of God to prepare their prospective churches to do what many churches have not been able to accomplish, become one with another church. The Holy Spirit of God was our true head and leader, but these two men, along with faithful Christ-loving Christians, made the near impossible possible. I cannot tell you how much laughter went on around some of the meetings, because I was an idiot, and I said things I didn't even know was right or wrong, which were right or wrong, or this and that and the other, but um, somehow, despite me and my youth and my lack of experience, the mature leaders prevailed, and they came together in such unison. The Holy Spirit of God was upon these two churches. The Venable Church had prayed and prepared. The West Hill Church had prayed and prepared. And that's so important in the life of the church even today that we're people who pray and we prepare and we're ready to go forth. But we have to go forth with spiritual maturity and a great love for God and His Son. And that's what had happened in those days. And the impossible became possible. And look at the possible. Praise God for the possible. As I pondered how two Baptist churches could have possibly pulled this off, I was led to numerous scriptures from the Bible. One is found in Luke 9.23, which is one of my very favorite in all the, the Bible. If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. To deny oneself is put aside is to put aside our prideful self and what we want. And that's how these churches acted. They sought what God wanted. To take up one's cross daily, according to Dr. David Jeremiah, he says, to voluntarily and daily take up one's cross points to the Roman practice of forcing condemned criminals to carry part of the tools of their execution to their place of death. Followers of of Christ must not only give up their own agenda, but to die to it. And that's still true today. In churches that we have who are crumbling and dying today, we have to put aside our agenda to follow that which Christ is leading us to do as, as individual persons and as churches. Bodies of believers. After denying selfish desires and dying to our own agenda for our life, we are ready to follow Jesus. I believe that the leaders of each church were living closely to what Jesus demanded here in Luke 9.23. Obedience to Christ's commands brings us into greater harmony with both God and fellow believers. My question to us as we look back through 40 years of a merger of two Baptist churches is not just how could it have gone so well and lasted this long, 
But how will this 40-year-old church continue to grow and become all that her Savior and Lord created her to be? Certainly looking back to see the faithful, obedient walk with the Lord of many of those who were charter members of Mechanicsville Baptist will give us a clue to the foundation that was laid 40 years ago. And a periodic view of new members along the way and new staff members, <coughs> excuse me, new ministries begun and decisions made will give added insight into what God has done through the life and ministry of this church. Always looking back and mourning the loss of things past will not thrust us into God's wonderful present and marvelous future. In Philippians 3, 13 through 14, the Apostle Paul writes, Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God. In Christ Jesus. John MacArthur, in his study Bible, comments on Philippians 3.13. And in the the little few words of one thing I do, he says, Paul had reduced the whole of sanctification that's being set apart to love and serve Christ to the simple and clear goal of doing one thing. What is the one thing? Pursuing Christ-likeness, forgetting what lies behind. Don't mean to choir. The believer must refuse to rely on past virtuous deeds and achievements in ministry or to dwell on sins and failures, to be distracted by the past, debilitates one's efforts in the present. Let us all be grateful for what God has done in and through this church in the past. Now let us look forward to the future and how God can use this body of believers to glorify his name and spread the good news of Jesus Christ. I know you've been doing that. What I heard last night and how God has been working and through you and doing ministries and reaching local needs and into the end of the world, into the age, into the world, into the earth. I'll arrive sooner or later. I'm just hovering here for a second to find a word. You older folks know where I am. As we consider our topic this morning, believers who love each other from John 15, 12 through 17, maybe I ought to read that. In John shares with that group of believers so long ago as he shares with us today. This is my commandment that you love one another, Jesus speaking. This is my commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this that one lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you slaves, for the slave does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard from my Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you would go and bear fruit, and that your fruit would remain so that whatever you say or whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give to you. 
This I command you, that you love one another. John spoke of himself five times here in this book of John as the disciple that loved Jesus. Brothers and sisters in Christ, this morning we need to love Jesus. Love him more than we love ourselves. And that's the key. Do we? How do we show it in our lives each day? Are we ashamed of him at school and in the workplace, in the grocery store, at Walmart, or wherever you find yourself? Are you so thrilled to let others know who Jesus is? In our passage today, John speaks to the relationship of believers to each other. This is an essential teaching, an excellent counsel for a church who still has Jesus' words ringing in her ears. In Matthew 28, 19, 20, that great mission scripture that many of us have used through the years that simply says, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. As I said before, God used this church to help point Kay and me to the mission field where we served 26 years. What a great debt we owe you. And Fairmount Memorial. These two churches, not merged churches like Venable and West Hill, but two churches who touched the lives of two young people, a young couple and their children, and loved us all of these 30-some years. From 1982 to this present time, we have felt the love of these two churches in our own lives. in the relationship of believers to each other that John shares from the teaching of, of Jesus, we, we see three important things. First of all, there's loving one another. And, he, and Jesus says here in verse 12, This is my commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. This is not just any kind of love. This is the love that Jesus had that, was dwelling in him, who he was, his whole being, everything he was, was this godly love, this agape love that just spilled out to a lost world, hurting people, no matter who they were, where they were from. And that's still true today. If you're hurting this morning, if you have needs, if you're lost in your thoughts, you don't know where you're going, you don't know what your future is, you've got health problems, whatever it is, Jesus is still the answer. And his love will permeate your life and your body and your mind, your spirit, and, and he will make all things new. Nothing has changed. He's, he's still in the business of loving and caring for people. If we'll just let him love us. There are a couple things here in this. First of all, this is a commandment, not a suggestion. This is what Christ commands us to do, is to love one another. For 
all of us know that verse in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave. What did he give? We know it, his only begotten son. Let's all love one another. I sure love you. If I were living here, I would try to show it, not just say it. But we have to live it and show it and how we love and relate to one another every day. And secondly, we are to love each other as Christ loved us. He, he, his was a selfless love. He laid down his life for us. And then, as my time is nearly gone, we'll move on to the second point that he, Jesus speaks to us here in John. He says, you are my friends. I love it. Friends. I, I can't express to you what you all mean to me and the, the tears that have almost come ever since last night. I hardly got into the, the building over here. And a couple men came up. I don't even remember who they were, but all of a sudden the emotion started to come and and I could hardly contain it because the love I have for you has, has been for 40 years. And I've not lost it. I, I still admire you and thank God for you. And I just pray for you that you will be the best you can be in Christ and you will love him with the kind of love he, he has for you and me. Well, Verse 14 does not, uh oh, he says, you are my friends, but it doesn't stop there. We need to read on. And you may not like this too much. And some of us have a trouble with it. But this is what he demands of you and me. Verse 14 does not stop there, and Jesus does not stop there. Jesus said, you are my friends if, if. You do what I command you. What kind of a friend are you and I with Jesus if he tells us to do something and we give a deaf ear and we just walk away? That's what I did 40 years ago when Fairmount called me. And Mark Grumble's dad was chairman of that committee, I think. He was on it. And he called me up, or I called him up, and I just said, I think I said yes, but then I said, I can't do it. He said, Charles. He said, don't rush. Don't make a hasty decision. Pray about it. And we'll pray. We believe that God has led us to you. You're God's man for this moment in our, our church. I had doubts. I didn't, have, I didn't have any doubts in the church. <laughs> I didn't have any doubts in my God. But I had a lot of doubts about me. I was scared to death to tackle that big church up there. And I began to pray. And as I sought my Lord, he gave me what? Scripture. And I think it was, so long ago, I really don't know. I, I'll probably have a couple different ones I throw out here when I say this. 
but I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And with that, I called him back and said, God has given me this verse, and I believe in his word. And I will come, just pray for me. And with that, I went. We so often want to flee from what Jesus demands of us. We think we can't do it. We're afraid to do it. We don't know what it's going to lead to. Well, I didn't either. I didn't know it was going to lead to the mission field, but it did. But I thank God today that I followed him. There in verse 12 again, this is my commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you. Jesus expects us to be obedient. And someone said, Jesus became our friend by laying down his life for us. Now we must become Jesus' friends in the fullest sense by and through obedience. Nothing more, nothing less, obedience to what he calls you and me to be and do. There again in verse 12 again, this is my commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you. It's clear. How did Jesus love us? To the point of death. Can we love each other as he loved us? Of course we can if we truly love Jesus. He enables us. His spirit within us enables us to love one another. The good, the ugly, the bad. And then he tells us, lastly, to bear fruit. To bear fruit. And that could be lead, leading others to Christ. That could be, as one uh, commentator said, Ephesians 5, 23, which talks about the fruit of the Spirit, faith, hope, love. All of these positive things. But to lead others to Christ. And that they remain. Look how so many have remained. As you've been faithful to the Lord. And sharing your witness. And raising your children. And inviting your neighbors and friends. And the ministries you've been about. Jesus commands us to love one another. Do we? How much do we love our neighbor as ourself? As I was looking and thinking about these things, a song came to me, and it's so precious to me because I can't just say I love Jesus. I have to show the world in the way I live. Boz was a a village leader in West Africa. He told some of us missionaries when we first got to his area that he would never become a Christian because the Muslims came first. And he kind of said, where were you? And so I'll pose you that question in a sense. 
Where were you, church? Where were you, choir? Morrison, where were you? When the world needed Jesus as Savior and Lord, but you were too preoccupied with your own agenda. You were doing your own thing. You are following your own leadership, but you failed to follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit in your heart and life. Okay, that's done. Let's forget about that. Mistakes were made. I made them. Plenty. No amens from my wife. But now we look to this present moment and to the future. What will you do with Jesus? What will you do with what he's been saying to your heart and mind in this service? I ask you to believe that Jesus is Lord. I ask you with that belief that Jesus is Lord that you listen to what he is telling you to do in your life. And then I ask you to be obedient to that call and not fear nor doubt, but just go in faith. For That is what our life in Christ is built upon. Faith is the victory. And this is what touched me as I close. Bill and Gloria Gaither wrote this, I think. The title is, I Will Serve Thee. I will serve thee because I love thee. You have given life to me. I was nothing before you found me. You have given life to me. Heartache. Broken pieces, ruined lives are why you died on Calvary. Your touch was what I longed for. You have given life to me. Has he? Has he given real life to you and me this morning? What will you do with Jesus' call on your heart? And your life. Let's love each other. More than we've ever loved each other. And may we go from this place. Being grateful for what God has done in our lives. And how he has connected us together for all eternity. And may we be obedient to what he's called us to be and do this morning. Will you stand with me? I ask those who ask the pastor to come and lead us. And may God touch your life and, may, and come and make it personal and public that you want to give your, your life to the Lord and you want to serve him with all your heart. Let's stand and sing together. Our hymn of invitation is number 511, The Solid Rock. Let's stand together as we sing.
thank you for being here today and uh, leading us uh, with that message. And thank you for being here today. It's a joy to be together in the house of the Lord, as I said earlier. Uh, as we get ready to dismiss and go across the way to the Family Life Center for lunch, I want to ask that those former staff members make their way uh, over there to get in the line first because we want you all to have time to eat so that people you, you won't be bothered by people and you can talk later you know, with them. So uh, that would be helpful uh, to you and to them as well. So um, if you would make your way, I'll give you the cue here in just a minute. I, I want to thank the uh, team that put this day together. They have worked very hard to make sure that this day has gone as it has gone. They have prayed hard about it, and uh, they have put the work to their prayers as well. And the Lord has blessed us with this time together today. We reflect back on 40 years, and we look forward to what the Lord is going to do in the next 40 years, one day at a time, because that's how the Lord walks with us each day. And I'm grateful that I can walk this journey with you. We will bow for a benediction and a blessing. You all make your way now uh, across. I'm following instructions, okay? (laughs) Uh, And we will have a benediction and a blessing. And I know that you will want to greet these folks um, as they make their way. Thank you. Robbie, is there anything else that, are we okay? If you did not sign the guest book last night, we would like you to sign the guest book when you come over and have lunch. Thank you. Okay, just wanted to make sure. Let's bow for a benediction and blessing. Gracious Lord, we have been blessed today with word and with song, with prayer and with thanksgiving. And for this, we give thanks today. We are thankful for this church and for the vision of 40 years ago and for the vision for the future as we seek to serve you. We're thankful for this food that we're about to receive. We pray, Father, that you will bless it to our bodies as we seek to serve you in the name of Jesus. And now as you go, remember this. It is by the grace of God that we are here today. It is by his mercy that we have been sustained to this very moment. And it is by his love that we are being redeemed now and forevermore through Jesus Christ our Lord, in whose name we pray. Amen.